Welcome to the Pilot Wife Podcast, your ongoing checklist for navigating your best life as a pilot wife and family. I'm your co-captain, Jackie Elmer. I've been a pilot wife for over three decades and can't imagine any other lifestyle. It can be turbulent, lonely, and it can be the most fabulous life you could ever imagine. Do you have a question or suggestion for the show? Ask it at ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. And if you want the Pilot Wife Checklist, Seven Keys to a Fabulous Pilot Wife Life, go to pilotwifechecklist.com. Now, stow your baggage and strap in. Let's unpack the Pilot Wife Life. Welcome, everybody, to the first roundtable discussion for the Pilot's Wives podcast. I'm so thrilled to be bringing this to you with three fabulous guests, three amazing women, amazing pilot wives, and they're going to share some of their insights, stories, experiences about the pilot wife life. So I'm just going to go around and have you each introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about you, um, your background, and then we'll get into some of the more details in terms of how you met your pilot and some of your best stories and experiences. So Elizabeth Watley, we will start with you. Okay. Um, what did you say to say? <laughs> introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm paying attention. Okay. So I've been um, in this lifestyle for 35 years. I mean, as soon as um, I graduated from high school, I started dating Gary and he wanted to be a pilot. So we spent our dating life at air shows and looking at airplanes and he figured out that's really what he wanted to do. And the rest is history with that. <laughs> we, we went through flight school together. Not we, you know what I mean? I've been there. With the him. Yeah. I've yeah, been there from the, the beginning. Yeah. And you're so the... I just, we grew up in different places and ended up at the same college and um, I grew up in Abilene and he grew up in San Antonio and we had two kids and one grandkid and Gary is on the triple seven and in December he's going to 787 and he's not sure he made the right decision but he's, he's doing it anyway and he's been there for 20 what is this year 21 so 21 years at American yeah. Okay. Got it. Cool. All right. We'll keep going around. Liz Klein. I'm Liz Klein. I'm married to Andy Klein, who met in 2003. Um, I worked for Americans for 31 years and I actually met him in Toronto. It's kind of a funny story because I was a supervisor and he was trying to come through a door he wasn't supposed to. So... <laughs> I kind of had to give him a little bit of the supervisor talk and said, no, that says, do not enter. You can't enter there and send him on his way to customs. And then he would pop in and we would just kind of chitty chat. He had three kids. I had three kids. And then in 2005, he got furloughed. That was kind of the end of that. And he started flying again in 2011. Tracked me down. Let me know that he was divorced and was going to bid Toronto and wanted me to go out for dinner with him. And mm. I'm not having any of that. 
You weren't having any of that. No, no. Working there for so many years, I didn't want anything to do with the pilot. Yeah, you can't trust pilots. No, no, they're, no. (laughs) I had that rule too. Don't date a pilot. I dated a pilot. (laughs) And we went out for, we went out for dinner and he proposed a year later at the gate we had met at where he was trying to come through the door in 2003. Oh, I love that. That is a wonderful story. Oh, he's he's super romantic, super romantic, but he had it all set up because by this point he knew a lot of the agents in Toronto and he had it all set up that the aircraft was going to be on the gate that we were going, he was flying and I was going to go with him and proposed at the gate. So we got, and then he got to pick the wedding date, which was 12, 12, 12. I love that. So it will be married nine years, December 12th. That's Very awesome. Cool. I then moved from Canada to Dallas to be with him. So there was a lot of ups and downs with immigration and paperwork and a lot of commuting. I have three grown kids and they're in Canada. So we get back and forth as much as we can. COVID put a damper on that, but you know, we just do what we can. Mm-hmm. And he's captain seven seven. So you moved in 12. So you've been in Dallas for nine years. I did not move until 15. We got married uh. 12, but because of immigration, I couldn't get in. I didn't get my paperwork till mid 14. Yeah. Wow. So I moved at the end of 14, beginning of 15. Like you really haven't been here that long. No. But you guys had to do, did you have to do the commute thing? I guess the first couple of years of your marriage. We commuted all the time. The first oh. four years we were together. Okay. Five years. We were yeah. So what was that like? So did he, did you rotate like part of the month, your days off, you went there or how did you guys? You know what, Jack, it just depended on what we were doing um, because, you know, with kids and everybody's schedule and I was still working full-time in Toronto. So it was just a matter of days off, what kind of days off we had what his schedule was like. And it was honestly a week by week thing. Wow. Interesting. I remember my husband was based in New York for the first six months back in the day. I know that was a, you know, a lot of people went through that, but it was funny. I had just gotten pregnant on New Year's Eve. Cause you know how, when you're married to a pilot, you typically know when those things happen. And he was <laughs> just finished training and was headed to New York and so he was gone in New York, almost my entire pregnancy, but he was home for the birth. But it was funny because Thank back God. then he was on reserve in New York. We lived in Phoenix and he only came home twice a month because they had two days off, two, two day breaks and two, four day breaks on yeah. reserve. It was crazy, but. So he was in New York more when he was commuting, he was playing more in New York more than with you guys in Arizona. Yeah. But we didn't have kids yet. Cause that helped that probably yeah, definitely that helped. helped a lot. It did. That yeah. did help a lot. And by the time my son was born, he, uh, right after my son was born in September, that October, he went and, uh, got LA DC 10. So then he was LA Phoenix and commuted and that was so much easier, but it was interesting. That was an interesting first year. <laughs> you I'll never forget it though. Exactly. Yeah. No, it was, Yeah. I, that's when I really learned about pilot wife community and community <laughs> and, and all that stuff. So, all right, Holly, tell us about you. So I'm Holly Magnuson. I live in the Dallas, Texas area. I'm married to Chris Magnuson. I like to call him Captain Chris. He's such a good guy. 
Um, so let's see, we've been together. What's well, interesting. So I met Chris when he was in a new hire training at American Airlines 24 years ago, right? So he had been with the company as a brand new pilot for American for two weeks. And I had been with headquarters for two months down here in Dallas. And so we basically both were new hires for the same company. Obviously, just I worked at Advantage, which is our top tier program with a mild program, and Chris flew the airplanes. So it was interesting because Chris is from Chicago. So as we know with American Airlines, our headquarters are here in Dallas. So all the training, whether you do new hire, recurrent, it's going to be, I guess, chances are pretty much a DFW. So he came to DFW for the eight weeks of that new hire training uh, 24 years ago. We meet and he's not, obviously, we're in our early 20s. He's not you know, looking for anyone. I'm not looking for a husband. He sure as hell isn't looking for a wife, right? And so um, we meet and then, but keep in mind, he's finally made it to the majors. And you know how all our pilots are when you make it to the majors, which I'm sure this, they're, they're like this with recurrent anyway, but it's study time. Like this is, you finally made it and you're not going to eight weeks. I mean, it's eight hours a day, five days a week. And then after that, what do they do? They study at night. So this is serious business, right? So he's finally at, he's finally at his dream job. And then he meets me and he's been there for two weeks and he still has six more weeks to go. All right. So that was interesting. I'm from here. I'm from Arlington, kind of basically where the headquarters are. And I worked here at American. And so we started dating, but it was one of those things where I would still see him a few times a week since I lived here and he was here for training, but still he was in school eight hours. Then you do another three or four afterwards studying, right? Um, Cause this is not a blow off thing as all of you know, but we were able to build a relationship in those last six weeks of his training here. And so then once he completed his new hire training, of course he got based in Miami because I guess most of them don't get based immediately in DFW because it's one of our most senior bases, right? So he commuted and well, he didn't commute. Let me, let me back up. He got based in Miami and he was fine with that because he's from Chicago. So he had no inclinations at all of ever moving or living in Texas. He's from Chicago. Now he's going to be based in Miami. Um, back then, I don't know now, but back then Miami was known as like the junior base, right? We're like all the young people. He was on a 727. Um, he was international as a flight engineer on the 727. So basically he would just do like all of Grand Cayman, the Bahamas, the Caribbean. And that was his routes for based in Miami, which he loved. He was like a kid in a candy store. He would tell people his job was to go 500 miles an hour from beach bar to beach bar. And what 20 year old senior, you know, 20 something guy, 20 year old something guy, not love that. Right. You're like, you know, hanging out and he's like, I'm getting paid all this money. And anyway, you know, so, um, which was a huge raise at the beginning of American, um, from the commuters that he did. Right. So luckily he, he was in Miami for the first two years, but since I had travel benefits, cause I worked for American and so did he, obviously we didn't have kids. We weren't even married. I was able, we made it work with our schedule where I was able to fly to Miami. He didn't live in Miami. He lived in, I guess you don't live in Miami. He based in Miami, but he lived in like Fort Lauderdale area. So I would go there twice a month to see him and he would fly to Dallas twice a month to see me. So we got to basically see each other almost every week. It was beautiful. And we did that commuting thing for about two years. And I know when I would tell people that are not airline related and I would say, oh, my boyfriend lives in Florida. They're like, how does that work? He lives in Florida. Do you see him once a year? And I'm like, no, I see him weekly. <laughs> 
Thank you, American Airlines. So um, anyway, so we made it work. It was great. I saw him and it was like a little vacation because I could go to the beach and, you know, palm more palm trees and, you know, it's, it's beautiful there and it's different scenery than Texas. So it was like a little, a little vacation to go see the boyfriend twice a month. Chris would come here twice a month. But after about two years of that, I decided, hey, you know what, we've been, this is great, it's fun, but I think I want to be, you know, obviously start looking at getting married. I had a great job here at headquarters with American, and I was not about to quit my job with the headquarters because I get our headquarters are here, right? I was not going to quit my job and move to Florida for a boyfriend. Didn't want to do that. And I didn't, nothing against this, but I, I didn't want to be um, a ticket agent or, you know, there was, there was things you could do in Florida, but I was happy with my job here. Right. And we did not, most of headquarters are here with the, the, you know, choices that I could do with advantage. So after two years, I said to Chris, okay, it's been two years. And, you know, he was like, yes, okay. Yes. That that's, that's true. And he's loving Miami. So in his mind, he thinks, you know, I love Miami base. I love the 727. I love going to Grand Cayman again, 500 miles an hour beach bar to beach bar. He's in his mid twenties. I mean, it's like every man's dream, right? Especially when you're in your twenties. And so he, um, so he's like, okay, I will put in a voluntary job transfer to DFW and in his mind, which he got it, he put it in and he, he was awarded it. So we went back. So we came to DFW thinking, okay, I'll move to Texas you know, temporary, maybe like six months, I'll marry Holly, then she's married with a ring, then it's okay, then I probably would move to Florida. But I'm again, I'm not going to quit my job for a boyfriend, not smart, you don't do that, right. So because you just never know. So then from there, he, um, he moved here, got based here. And guess what happens? He realizes, wow, Dallas is really not that a bad place after all. Because keep in mind, I'm biased. I'm from here, born and raised Arlington, Texas. I've lived in North Texas my entire life, right? But Chris is from Chicago. Now he's been in Miami for two years and he loves it. And he hears, oh, why would I go to DFW? It's a senior base. I'm in my 20s. I'm going to Grand Cayman. Why do I want to, you know? But what happened was he moves here and he realizes, wow, Dallas is really not that bad. And that was in... Let's see, he moved here in 2000 because we met in 1998 and he has never left. So now we're married. We have two boys. They're both in high school. Jet, as in the airplane, J-E-T-T, is 17 and Jake is 14. And they're both in high school and we're established here. So, and nothing against Florida. We love Florida. Chris's parents are from Florida. His dad's a, a retired captain for American. His mom's a flight attendant. His brother's a captain for Spirit Airlines. So the entire family is just aviation blood, big time, right? Um, so we love Florida. We'll go back and visit because his parents live there. But Texas is just unbiased. I love it here. It's a great place to live. And luckily, Chris is now caught on. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty great to live here, too. So, yep. Who did Chris's dad fly for? American Airlines. He retired from American Yep. He retired. It was really cool. So I have to tell you this quick, little, quick little story. I'll try to be quick. So his dad was a captain at American, right? And on his retirement flight, which was back in 2007, I remember that because that's when Jake, my younger one was born and his dad back then. Okay. So back in, back in 07, they had, as you girls know, the age to retire per the FAA was 60. The day you turned 60, you, you were forced to retire. So fine. Well, his dad turned 60 in August, 
that December, three months later, they changed it from 60 to 65. So his dad was, which was fine. So his dad was able to retire, you know, the day before he turned 60 in August of 07, even though again, same year, three or four months later, they changed it. But it was wonderful when his dad retired that last flight on the 767 based out of Miami, Chris got to be in the cockpit. His brother got to be in the cockpit. And then, of course, the first officer. So it was a wonderful retirement. I didn't get to go. I had a, I had a newborn that was, uh, what, six months old at home. Jake was six months. But it was great that Chris was able to be there and his brother and be in that cockpit as they did. He redid his retirement flight. It was awesome. Very cool. I love it. Yep. yep. See, so world. another question, and this comes up a lot. You know, we're all part of the American Airlines um, Facebook groups. And, you know, there are a lot of groups out there and, and we have people from all different airlines who are listening and a lot of new people and, and some are not yet, uh, pilot wives, but they're partners and potential spouses and stuff. So what, um, what would you advise anyone to prepare for? Like, we know it's a challenging lifestyle to some, to most of us, it's what we've known forever. And I, I just never really saw it that way. It was just kind of what I grew up with. And so it just is what it is. But what would you, what advice would you have for anybody to prepare for? I don't know if you can prepare for this lifestyle. I mean, even if someone said you need to save money because furloughs will be a part of your lifestyle, you know, you just, it's really impossible to imagine it until you're knee deep in it. That's what I think. I mean, I had tried to, um, you see, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say anything bad about younger wives or older wives or whatever, but I think over the years, I've learned a lot and I wish I'd known now, I wish I'd known then what I know now, just about things like patience with your pilot when they're in training, um, because that really is hard. And I used to be like, that's not hard. They know what they're doing, but it really, really is very stressful. You're right. That's um, take it very seriously too. Yes. Yes. Just leave them alone. You have to to respect that and just give them their time. It's not not taking away from you. They just want to keep doing what they're doing. Right. And when they're grumpy, let them be grumpy during training. I mean, bringing it to their attention doesn't help. And they're so stressed out. That's one thing. And I would agree. You have to save. I mean, you need a good savings, especially in the younger years when you really can't afford to save. You need to make yourself do it because those are the ones that get cut. Yep. And then thirdly, you just really need to find a good group of friends. Huge support, I think, a huge support system. And to know our lifestyle, that our husbands don't come home every night at five o'clock and they might not be, they're not, chances are, especially in the beginning, they're not going to be here for Christmas. They're not going to be here for Thanksgiving. That's all, that's almost a guarantee, especially in the beginning. It's almost a guarantee. So you have to, you've got to be able to, I feel it's it's so important to have a life outside of our pilot. I mean, Chris is my world. He's my soulmate. And I say that to this man constantly 24 years later, I'm still like, you're my best friend. You're my soulmate. I love you. He's a good guy, but he also knows that it's not just Chris and my boys. I have, I have a, a life outside of 
Chris and my boys. So when Chris goes to work, when my boys are in school and pretty soon they're both in high school, will be empty nesters here around the corner. It's great to have my own identity and my life outside just, oh, well, my husband's gone. So what are you going to do for four days? Oh, I'm just going to sit by the phone and wait for him to you know, call me and yeah. I'll sit right here. No way. I mean, I'm booking lunches, then a happy hour, then this party daily. Chris is like, you got four things today. I'm like, honey, I pack it in, load up on those vitamins. And so I think it just, and I think it makes them appreciate too saying, yes, she's not at home. Just, you know, with a Kleenex waiting on me to have a life outside of your pilot, I think is huge. You have to be very independent. Yes. You have yes. To be very flexible, very flexible because things can change. change. And in New you know, York, can be home when they're supposed to be home. Yes. So say, say a little bit more about flexibility, if you would, because that I mean, that's a big word. But in what ways would you advise people to be flexible? I think you just don't plan on anything. Correct. Like don't, you have to really set your expectations low. And I, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but you're only going to set yourself up for disappointment because they can't change their schedule. You know, they can't control weather. They can't control maintenance. No, and they ended up controlling really passengers a couple of weeks ago just because they got diverted. And that and it's, it's not like, oh man, he's not gonna be home for another three hours. It's just like you can't reflect their job to who they are because they can't control it, if that makes sense. It does. Yes, you're right. So many take well any, any of that out on them. That's why it's good to have pilot wife friends because we can back out of anything at the last minute and nobody's going to hold it against you. And it could be for numerous reasons. It could be just because you've been stuck at home alone and then you finally were like, I'm not going anywhere. You can also find a plus one easier in the pilot group where you call and say, hey, I got concert tickets and guess who's not going to be home. Do you want to go to the concert with me? Yeah. So it is easier to do that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's great, Jackie. And still do that concert versus, oh, well, he got reassigned. And so instead of him coming home at 9 a.m., he's not coming home till tomorrow. That, that's smart to think outside the box and be like, yes, call up one of your good friends and still go to the concert versus just be bombed and sit home and be bummed about it. Because this is and then be the in turn laugh. getting angry with them when they can't control it. So that's- when that's out of that control. Yeah. Yeah. I think you always go. Like a- I loved what you said when you said um, they are not their schedule or I can't remember exactly what it was you just said a minute ago, but it made so much sense. Like you can't hold them responsible, responsible for the stuff that happens with their job because they are not that. And that was like, that was really, that was great. I love that. Gary was fine with the guy one time and he was like this, his wife was really mad at him because they had gotten diverted and had to go somewhere else. And he, it was also a wife that I remember this, she would not let him go out at night, what like mean of that. let him grab a beer yeah. to go to dinner or even that's going to, that's not going to end well for her, as you know, because that's, that's going to lead to resentment and mm-hmm. then that's going to lead to doing it anyway. Yep. Creates no, a lot of deception as, and yeah, that's a bad road. As soon as resentment comes in, everything else goes out the window. Oh yeah. Yes. You can't. Yes. That. Nope. Exactly. And I, I've had my cycles of understanding. <laughs> If that makes sense, like in the beginning, I'd I'd be resentful that he would be on a beach and I would have two toddlers at home or he'd be, you know, getting to go out or he'd be in his room. This was what really used to make me mad. He'd be in his hotel room by himself. And I'd be like that. 
sounds so heavenly. <laughs> like not having anybody anything, just me in a room. And so that cycle was hard to get through. And then the cycle of, you know, it seemed like for a while there, every single time we had something planned, I didn't get to do it because of the airlines. And so, I mean, I think we have our moments where I feel like I have, <laughs> I feel like I have more separation anxiety now when Gary leaves on a trip than I did in the beginning. But I think it's why, I'm, why do you I'm think that? Now. Why is that? Yeah. I think it's because I'm alone now. I think before it wasn't so bad because I had kids here, you know, and, you and I was living. Yeah. Yes. And I yeah. wasn't alone at night. But now that it's just me, I mean the the loneliness gets hard. Yeah, stay busy so you don't have those feelings. It's it's funny because Chris just I actually just drove him to the airport today and I I said to him, I was like, honey, ask your entire crew if anyone else drove their husband to the airport at 4 30 <laughs> in the morning. 4 30, this girl did, okay? Because you know I do it all the time. But 4 30 though. I do it all the time. Military tags. I mean, literally, yeah. my alarm went off at 4.15 and I'm not a morning person. But anyway, he was very appreciative. I dropped him off right at the curb because he's like, this is so much better than doing that employee lot. And I get dropped off right at the curb at 4.35 in the morning. So and coming my- back, it makes their trip so much shorter. It does. It, you know, I mean, that 30 minute bus ride. Oh, yeah, he did. He was I mean, 30 minutes in Dallas. That's the bus ride. It's horrible. It's, for the horrible. Bus, it's yeah, he's he wants me to another. take it. All the time now. And and it was funny though, because so today, but I'm gearing up and I, I think about it, I go back and reflect, and I'm like, wow, I've been with him. I've been this is not my first rodeo. We've been doing this thing with this airline thing for 24 years now. You would think I'd get used to it, but prime example that's happening right now. He started his trip this morning, again, oh dark early. It's a long, long, long four day. He hasn't had a trip this long in a long time. And and I'm, and before today, he luckily had the, the holiday off. So he hasn't worked in 11 days straight, which was a blessing. But my thought is it kind of, it gets hard sometimes for me where he's home a lot. Example, 11 days in a row mm-hmm. and he's home and he's, you know, you know how that is. There's, there's no conference calls. There's no emails. There's nothing. You walk off that jet bridge You're and done. you hands and you're done. Jet bridge, you're done until next time. So he's so hands-on with us and the boys and having him home, example, 11 days in a row that that car ride this morning, you know, dark 430 in the morning, I'm driving to Dallas. Granted, it's only you know 12 miles from my house to the airport. So it's not too bad. And I'm driving or he's driving. And then I'm obviously drive back and we're, I'm taking him to the airport and I'm saying, you know, just so many times I'm going to miss you. And I hope these four full days, you know, he won't be back until almost midnight on the fourth day. Um, I was like, I, I'm yeah, going to stay. You have to go pick him up. You have to go. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. Unless he takes Uber, but we'll see. I'm not sure. He technically gets back at like 10 30, 11 o'clock, but it's still very late. So, so yeah, I'd have to pick him up, but I kept saying to him, I'm going to stay real busy these next four days on stuff because I don't want the time to drag. And I still, I, yesterday I was feeling a tiny bit sad, like a little bit like knowing today was coming. And so, and then, a, you know how you kind of talk to yourself and then I, part of me was like, why am I? Why am I sad? I'm like, this is not my first rodeo. 24 years in this, I should. But I again, it's just that you know, it still can just be hard. And I have kids at home. Granted, they're in school full time in high school, but it was just kind of like gearing up to. Okay, here we go again. He's been home so much, and it's been wonderful. But playtime's over. Got to get back to work, and I'll. And he's pretty much going to be gone the whole week. So and then there are days when you're like, God, when is your next trip? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it can go both. It can go both. Exactly. Exactly. 
we live in polar opposites, like the polar. I'm never good in the middle. Like I'm never happy. I'm either like, like <laughs> one extreme to yeah, the other. The other. Yeah. Can't be normal. The human experience. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. For sure. So and the, the other- holidays are coming up. What, uh, share some of your good stories and tips and experiences with the holidays. Oh, we had a terrible Christmas one Christmas. We thought we had a great idea too. So luckily Gary has always either been home on Christmas Eve, Christmas day, or we just made it work when they were, when they were really little, nobody knew what day it was. So we didn't care. But when they got older, there was one when both of my kids knew <laughs> that Santa was not real. We were waiting on Gary What to come home. I know. No. <laughs> Gary to come home. This isn't like when they were in 12 and 13. So that year when they were getting all their good like games and toys and they really wanted their stuff. So we thought we had the perfect plan. He was supposed to land at eight o'clock Christmas night. So we're like, okay, then that's when Christmas is. As soon as he lands, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day were terrible because my kids were, you know, calling their friends. <laughs> Everybody had already opened their gifts and my kids were just literally sitting in the living room, staring at each box going, I bet I know that for two days straight. I had had enough of it. That is our worst Christmas. Other than that, the holidays have not ever been something that we just couldn't work out. You know what I mean? It's I don't ever remember anything more traumatic than that. There have been times when I've had to travel to his parents' house by myself and he would meet us there later, did not enjoy that at all. Don't like being there without him, but we do stuff for our kids. You know what we've done the last, I don't know how it's going to look for this Christmas, but the last, I want to say three, the last three Christmases in a row, what the boys and I have done and it's worked so far is Chris will have, he's had trips of right. And, but we will go with him and it's work. So like last year, for example, he had a long layover in downtown Boston and it started on Christmas Eve and it went through half a Christmas day and we went and it was beautiful. So what Mm -hmm. we did was we did our Christmas with, you know, Santa, right. The boys are in high school now, but they did their gifts before we left on the 23rd. And we joined him in downtown Boston and we've wow. literally just for last year alone. And we've literally don't done that from, from my top of my memory, at least the last three Christmases in a row. So mm-hmm. you know, granted, granted, obviously, you know, does he have long enough layover Are the flights open? Can we get there? But things have kind of all the stars have aligned and it's been, it's been great. And I'm, and I'm the boys kind of, you know, with airline kids, I mean, they understand, you know, dad has to work. The airlines don't shut down. They're, every holiday 365 right and so we've just been like you know what if he has long labor and who doesn't like downtown boston it's beautiful i mean right. just for an example right just i've never been to boston i would love to do that it's gorgeous especially mm-hmm. at christmas time it's beautiful there and so we that's that's what we do i'm like boys pack your bags we're gonna go and and be with dad on his labor and then we're all together it doesn't matter we don't just because you're not i'm we're not at home in dallas texas doesn't mean we can't you know exactly. enjoy. and that's know. back and back to the flexibility thing Yes. yes. And Andy yes. has a great line that he has, you know, and he always says flexibility is the key to air power, which is so because yes. if the wings aren't flexible, you're not going anywhere. No, correct. And it's just that means that applies to everything. He's working Christmas this year. You know, we're spread out like kids are all over the place right now. And we just do whatever we can do to make it work. That's yep. It is. I love that. That's what I was thinking too. The whole flexibility. It's like, it's easy to get stuck mentally in what we 
think Christmas should, should be, what like. a tradition should yes. be, what it should always look like and feel like. But I know looking back, I think, gosh, some of our funnest, most memorable times were those flexible times where we last minute picked up and went here, or did whatever, just, yes. you know, invited a bunch of, I always call them the misfit toys. We yes. were all, we always invited all the misfit toys, mm-hmm. the people who didn't have anyone or, you know, whatever to our house. And, and it just creates a whole new experience. And I think that, priceless. that gives your kids more compassion as well. Yes. Like it brings them out to be people that can care for other people. Correct. It's huge. I think think with the airline industry and especially being flexible, you have to think outside the box. You can't be, you can't just zone in and be focused on, well, I have to have them home on Christmas day and we have to open the gifts in and then we have to do the brunch. And you have to think outside the box. If you're going to make in the airline industry, if you're going to make this lifestyle work and to thrive, you got to think outside the box. And so that's what the boys and I have done. And they've, and they've grown up. I mean, even as little toddlers as, you know, t- you know, three and one, they were, you know, going with on flights with daddy. And so mm-hmm. that's what they've grown up with. So then it's not, it's not that big of a deal where like example, Chris is working, you know, and 24 years of the company, he's working Christmas. Now, granted, he's got Christmas Eve off. And the good news is luckily with trip trade, he doesn't sign in until 1 PM on the 25th. So that's nice. You know, he has half the day with us on Christmas day and all Christmas Eve. And the last three years, we didn't have that because we'd be in Boston or wherever else with him. Right. So, but you just gotta, you've got to be flexible. And then I think it's important too, to show our children the flexibility too, Mm -hmm. so they don't get bummed about and, you know, going, you know, not that they would now as high schoolers, but when they were in elementary, you don't want them being upset and going in the room crying, saying, Oh, Christmas is ruined or Thanksgiving is ruined that our dad's not going to be there when you've just got to, we've, we show them this lifestyle while they're in diapers. And then they learn to be like, this is, this is fine. This is normal. Be flexible. Yep. That F word again. Yeah. Yep. That's famous. With like our pilot wife group that, you know, especially like for me moving into like a new city and not really knowing anybody and getting like plunked into Keller because you know, that's where he was. And that was, you know, coming out from just outside of Toronto, that was like a big culture shock. Oh, it would totally be, I bet. Totally. I bet. Like just the, everything was so different. Yes. But the other day, it was about a Christmas party. It might have been on our page. Oh, maybe it's the happy hour coming up. And you don't, it doesn't, I don't even really look if Andy's flying. Because if he's not flying, he'll come. Yeah, right. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> if he's if, if he's not flying, he will drive us. No, and if he <laughs> he's a good sport. He's and a Randy. Sport. There's nothing better than car rides with Andy. Right. I have no problem because I know that it's Andy's not here this time. Next time it might be Gary's not there. Or Chris isn't there. None of that matters to any of us. Mm-mm. No, it's our friendship that we have. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad we have this now. I think it's helped me the last couple of years. I mean, I wish I'd had, I wish I'd had mentors when I was younger. I feel like that would have helped me embrace it more, but still so much of this, you, everybody's so unique and individual in how they handle any situation that I think you just have to experience it. You have to go in with an open mind and know that everything you suffer for in the beginning is pays off so well in the mm-hmm. last 10 to 15 years in this industry. So 
that's what I would say to younger wives is I know it's really hard and you're like, I want out, but man, just if you could just hang hold on. If you can hold on to the ride, exactly the mm-hmm. roller coaster. If you can They'll hold have on. one job interview their entire life. Yeah. And how stress-free is that to not ever have to feel like you ever have to chase down a job again? No, it's beautiful. And most yeah. little boys and girls that are pilots now thought about it for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. So you would hate to be the kind of wife that would squash their dreams. And the other part of being a good pilot wife or just being, God, how do you say this? Just being there for them helps them handle emotionally all the aspects of their job. I feel like Doug Parker owes us a favor because mm-hmm. I feel like we have made the emotional health, not of just the pilot wives by keeping stuff fun and funny and social communications key, that interpersonal relationships that we have with each other that have helped us, you know, handle things mentally, physically, emotionally. I mean, my gosh, when we had snowmageddon and you had someone just help you clean up or oh, absolutely. I mean, I think Doug Parker should count us as one arm of their institution should. the healthier and happier Mm -hmm. our pilot minds are the healthier and happier the whole company's going to be and I feel like we're doing a really good job of helping each other understand and look at all the positivity on our page where we lift up our pilots and treat them like God I mean not that that's actually what we're doing but we like to make them think that anyway they're so much better off it's such a, I think a mental boost, which I think is very, very important because you're, you've got to have good, you've got to be up here big time with what they do. Right. So, I mean, it, it's such a mental boost that I think that it's, it's very important for us to, um, you know, understand what they do and to also support it 150% and not be negative. Like you were saying, like the wife that, you know, oh, he got reassigned and this and that. Well, that's really out of his control. So by calling and screaming at the husband or upset with the husband, that's not, that's just making the situation 10 times worse. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, the, not the bottom line, but they love us. They love us to bits. And so if we're happy and we're not we have outlets to get away from the stress of the flying and people that we can talk about it will say, hey, well, that happened to Chris two weeks ago. I get it. Yeah. It takes the pressure off them to make sure we're okay. If that, if that makes any sense, it's like, I agree. if they know that we're content, then they're not afraid to pick up the phone and go, well, I've just been reassigned. Cause that right. old really quickly. If every time they called with a reassignment, you went off the rails. Yes. Or if every time you called, you were just complaining about the kids yeah, so, or yeah. you're That's telling right. them how money you I spent. That, or, yeah. I learned that but after that a long time that. too. Just when they call, everything's fine at home. Yeah. Don't. I was going to ask that. So communication on the road, what are some of the boundaries that you all have said in terms of that type of stuff, like dumping on them with stuff that they can't help when they're 2000 miles away in a hotel? Well, I think a lot of that has changed with cell phones now. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, there's no more pagers. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you would wait for them to call and then you would just unload your whole toddler day on them. You know, this happened and this happened. And then, um, and then in the beginning, you, you know, our whole thing was we had no money in the beginning and it wasn't as lucrative to be a pilot as it is now. Right. And so I would always lay down, okay, I had to spend this and this and this. And it would just stress him out. He was like, 
this cannot be our topic of conversation every time you call. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to bounce a check and I don't know how much money we have. And so I would say a, a lot of the things you just hold off on, but we text all day long while he's gone, but I don't tell him any problems. Unless no, I'm because you don't want to add extra stress That's to him with stress. already the stressful job that they already have to begin with. Yeah. And we seriously get really good at handling most of the stuff anyway. Yep. Yes. You have to. You learn real quick. Mm-hmm. I could write a book. It always happens when he's gone. Like I could write yeah. a whole book about that. The electricity going out for four days or like Snowmageddon, he was mm-hmm. stuck in Maui for five oh, days. Stuck in Maui. That was that's horrible. That's just horrible. You know, and we're over here like taking toilet, taking water from the bathtub so we can flush the toilet. It was awful. And he's like, we got we got to go on a whale watching tour. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yay. <laughs> but I am happier for him now when he goes out. I've had I've had flight attendants that because we live in South Lake and so it's chock full of family. Yeah. In the yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so I was sitting on the couch and Gary had sent me a picture of him at a sunset in Hawaii with a bunch of flight attendants around him. He was the only guy in the picture. And then another friend, flight attendant friend, she was like, are you at home? <laughs> I said, yes, because <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture. I just, I don't, I think you should see it. She sends me the exact same picture Gary sent me and she was like, what do you think? And I was like, Gary just sent me that picture. What are you talking about? You talking she about? thought it would hurt my feelings. Well, I could care, she I tell you? care less. I mean, I was like, was this flight attendant the same one that was in the picture? No. In fact, it, her best friend's in the picture, but our kids went to preschool together. Oh, so so she the flight, knew, okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Her husband's also a pilot. He does not go out with the crews ever. Ever because of because of her, I think they just don't. Like it. I don't yeah. think they have the same understanding as I do. <laughs> but nobody wants to be a slam clicker. We'll learn that term here real Which quick. Is, Which, slam clicker. What is right. that? Slam you, clicker. Slam it's click in your hotel room. Like yeah, you it's like where the, it's where your room, pilot or flight oh. attendant. You go to the room and you slam click, and then that's what they do on a layover. Slam click. Oh. They don't need the room. Do not disturb right outside. Oh, listen, Gary goes, and Gary has so much fun, and I'm happy for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chris no. goes too. He's Mr. Personality, which that's why I have the reason why I love the man. He's got a great personality, so I don't expect him with his amazing personality to do a slam click and go to his layover. Right. You know, and, and not, I mean, like tomorrow he has 26 hours in St. Thomas, right? I promise you that man ain't going to slam click in no, St. Thomas anything. 26 hours. Plus they find all the good bars and places for us to go to when we yes. go, get to go with them. Yep. Yes. I can't be doing all yes. that on my own. I don't need Ricky trips. I need veteran trips. <laughs> yes. 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 So all the good stuff. He's going to enjoy the beach bars tomorrow. And I think that's just fine. Let him. And that's great. I mean, yeah. I would, if I was in his shoes, I'd be doing the same thing. I used to ask Gary to bring me back like a surprise from every trip he went on. Cause I was like, you know, like a souvenir or something. Yes. He, he does terrible at it. He sends like the most vulgar first trip he went on. He got a shot glass with boobs and like barely anything on it. And I was like, okay, I really wanted something that we can display in our home from every country in the world. And he was like shot glasses. And I was like, no, Then the next time he went, he went to Rome and I was like, okay, we're going to get something really good from Rome. (laughs) 
brings back an apron. And you know those naked statues? Yes. That was an apron statue, full. Yeah. So can't show that to anybody. So when people are like, your husband travels a lot, what do you have in your home that you could show <laughs> I just go to Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> there I you go. Glow. There's a globe upstairs. That's right. From China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From China. No, my, right. my, my gifts from China were Louis Vuitton bags. <laughs> Louis Vuitton bags. Right. See? I yeah. hope he got a good deal. I know. I need another one. He, they need to start flying there again. There you go. Don't buy it here. It's too expensive. No. Yeah. And Gary thinks he may have done his last Paris trip. So there goes my butter. I have to find somebody else to but provide you know my what? butter. He might, well, he might do the Paris trip on the 787, right? Isn't that an option? I don't know. I, he said he picked the seven eight because they're ordering more seven eights, and they quit ordering more triple sevens. <laughs> that so, is, that's that's why know, Chris he, is going to go there. He feels like he killed the MB eighty, and he feels like he killed the triple seven. So he's going to go seven eight. Just because of the, he was looking at the future routes, he was looking yes. at the future purchases, and he felt like this triple seven was going to get more domestic trips after a while. I heard the same thing. I think he's right. right. Maybe yeah. the Dreamliner will be more start doing more international, and then the triple seven will back away from it a little bit more. Yeah, but he he's kind of sad. He loves it. He's probably just sad that he has to go to school. They can find right. the divisions. It's stressful once you get in position, so to speak. It's like going to school again. It's like ah, can't be yeah. that much different. I wouldn't think between those two airplanes, but I don't think so. They used to have a speed course. Think. You could either do the 10 week course or the two week course. And he has chosen the 10 week course. He's <laughs> like, I feel like I need a, a good. Well, Elizabeth, will he be, since he's almost done with the triple seven, will he be doing the training for the Dreamliner over Christmas time? Yeah, he starts. I was just looking at his calendar. Um, no. So yeah, the 29th is when he starts training. Okay. And it so goes oh, all the way nice. through January 22nd. Okay. So that's perfect. After the, after the holidays wrap up, then he'll start the training for the Dreamliner. That's, that's perfect timing. Yeah. We're going to Florida for Christmas. Cannot wait. Nice. Oh, that'll be great. That'll be great. Yes. yes. Be. So that's exciting. So any other thoughts, anything, any experiences or tips or anything that you want to share to those listening? Anything else that comes to mind that we didn't cover? I just, I think at the end of the day, this lifestyle is so rewarding and, you know, yes, we talked about the big F word, you have to be flexible, but this lifestyle, I, one thing I love about it is, and we kind of touched on this before is that when they are done, when they walk off that jet bridge, it's beautiful. They don't have to kind of like with my job with real estate, they don't have to take that conference call or that email or that extra meeting. They literally walk away from it, wash their hands. And until they go back on that jet bridge to get back on that airplane, that's when it starts again, which means they can be so hands-on, not dogging other professions because I'm the same way with my real estate. That doesn't stop, but they're able to be so hands-on and, and not have a lot of distractions when they're home, which I think is amazing. So when they're home, they're home. They're I, and I love that. That has just been such a huge blessing for, for, for Chris, for, for me and for my boys to have Chris to be all in when he's home. Um, so I think it's just, I think, I still think, yes, there's going to be some trying times, even 
And I, I felt like too, to tell people, not even just for the, the junior guys. I mean, we've obviously all been established and our hus- husbands have been there for a long time. And, you know, like Liz said, I mean, Andy's going to be flying Christmas. So is Chris, but it's not the end of the world. You know, it's still a huge mm-hmm. blessing. I feel like, and a beautiful life that, that we have. And I'm, I'm grateful that we are a part of the American Airlines family and in aviation, because I feel like it's such an interesting, um, you know, such an interesting industry that um, it's, I feel like it's a blessing and I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful. I'm a part of it. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel like there are a lot of negatives in this lifestyle, but if you cannot dwell in that, just like anything else in life, because this lifestyle has been so sweet. And if you just step back and take a look in, we've got friends who are so incredibly zealous of what Gary does because it is a good little life and it's a beautiful life. Yeah. We, the scheduling can be bad. The needing to be flexible, the scare of furlough, all the bad words start with F. Um, but some of the good ones do too, though. Yeah. (laughs) But if you like have fun, you just need to have way more fun in this lifestyle because the good things about it are really, really good. The, the pay, is incredible for what they do. Um, and then the ability to travel and to give that blessing to your family members and buddy passes when they can do that is incredible. And just it's a huge gift. It's like, you know what I call it? It's like, I feel like when we fir- I first got on the airlines and of course now I'm not with the airlines, but Chris is. So being a pilot wife, we have, right? The benefits that they do. But I tell people that aren't in aviation or, you know, I'll describe it to my sister. Like, I feel like it's like a pot of gold that's in, that's how I describe it. That's in front of me that I've been granted this pot of gold, been able to travel and see the world and go places that we might not be able to go or show our children mm-hmm. without the wonderful airline benefits. Yes, you have to be flexible because you have to travel standby if you don't want to pay. That's the catch, right? But it can be wonderful to be able to make such memories. And we've already been able to show my boys a lot of Europe and Scotland and and, and London and tons of places at such young ages that we're making amazing memories for them. So right. it's not it's, just and it's made them flexible. It's made our kids yes. Be, yes. to be able to yeah. handle a lot of they adversity. Know. Yes. And they know the 24 hour clock too. Yes, that's right. Thank you. No question. No, I said, I'm, I'm, you know, 11. Yes. <laughs> and I'm super proud to tell people he's a pilot. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so I take that as a badge of honor. Like, I mean, you know, we get a lot of flack on the AA non rev page about, you know, mm-hmm. having an identity as a pilot wife. And that is part of who I am because that is part of who I am. And, you know, Nobody else would have a shirt that says American Airlines accountant wife. You know, there's just something about it. It's cool. awesome about being a pilot wife. And I love to tell people what he does. I think I'm, I'm very proud. I'm very proud to, to be definitely of Chris and to be able to be a pilot wife. It's a, it's, it, I think it's huge and I think it's awesome. And I'm very, and, and at American Airlines. Like yes. the greatest airline there ever was. Seriously. Oh, I, I'm so biased on that. Yeah, I definitely do. And I'll tell people nicely, of course, but I'll tell them because Chris has got friends on like every airline because they all went to college together. And then now he's got them, you know, from Delta to FedEx to UPS to United, you name one, he's got it. And I'll joke with him nicely, of course, when we all get together and be like, oh, well, that's wonderful, Mr. Delta Captain. American Airlines is still number one. 
<laughs> I but just, hey, have fun over there at Delta. There you go. <laughs> I think too, it has made us all very independent so we can be who we want to be. Yes. You know, because supporting them and they in turn support us. Oh, yeah. 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 Sure. I think it goes hand in hand. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. Yes. But right. the best part of it is friendship. That's the best gift from aviation. Oh, I think it's huge. Well, the I paycheck's not bad. Well, the guys are starting to get to know each other. Kat asked me for Gary's phone number this morning for Nick. And I was like, Gary, you got a buddy date. What? <laughs> but you're right. They do talk to each other. They and they talk. comment on each other's Facebooks now. now yes, which is which really is awesome. cute. Yeah. And they're cute. I love it. I love well, it's it. It's kind it's of so funny, cute. too, how many of them are starting to say, so what's been going on on the pilot wife page? What's yeah. everybody talking about over there? Or when yeah. they're like, can you ask the pilot wife yes. page? That's, that's the other one. Yeah. You ask if anyone knows. Right. I love it. Yeah. They know they're going to probably get the answer. Go straight to the source. Right. Right. But it bothers me when I'm like, like last night he got in from London and he was talking about how fun his crew was. And I said, okay, but did you tell them about the wife page? And he said, no. And I was like, <laughs> why not? Yeah. That should be the first thing. Hi, I'm Gary Watley. Is your wife on the pilot wife page? Like that should be the first thing that's said. Right off the bag. Exactly. That should be in their briefing. You know how they do that briefing before they push? Their I checklist. like the briefing. The checklist. Bing, bing, bing. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, we all need to go into their kit bags and get the, the checklist and add that at the bottom. Yes. Yes. Or throw a, what we need are little business cards. They could yes. do QR scan and go straight to our page and join. Yep. Make it easy. Make that happen. There you go. Get on it. That's right. All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much for being on this very first roundtable discussion for our new podcast. It's kind of exciting to launch this and to be out there. And Liz, kind of like what you said, to be a mentor, um, mm -hmm. you know, it gives us the ability to mentor others as they come up through. So I think it's important. So thanks for being part of this inauguration uh, podcast. Thanks for joining us for the pilotwifepodcast.com inaugural roundtable discussion. We'll be bringing you many more of these. And if you want some vision planning, goal setting, and goal getting work in your life, remember this episode is brought to you by peakperformanceforlife.com, the app that can change everything for you. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on the show, be sure to share it with your other fellow pilot wives, military wives, or anyone you know who might share similar experiences. If you're in a Facebook group, be sure to share the Pilot Wife podcast there. Also, if you want the Pilot Wife checklist, don't forget, just go to pilotwifechecklist.com, grab that, and if you have a question or comment, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. I'll see you on the next show.